Want to help yourself and others process past traumas without having to re-engage with the memories attached? Are you weighed down by your emotional baggage and ready to check it for good? Do you feel drawn toward a career in wellness where you can heal yourself and facilitate the healing of others? The Somatic Activated Healing Method, aka the SAW Method, is a revolutionary wellness practice combining the healing modalities of somatic movement, rhythmic breathwork, positive affirmations, and dynamic meditation as developed by Sadi Simone. This transformative experience has the power to help resolve past trauma, process present pain, and fortify resilience for the future. Students have called the method better than three years of therapy and report a 93% transformation rate after practicing somatic activated healing. This is life-changing work. Want to get involved? We are currently accepting students for our next round of SAW Method teacher training, which kicks off in January 2023. Join our certification program and get on the cutting edge of modern wellness. As a Spiritually Sassy Show listener, we're offering an exclusive 10% discount on your registration. Visit SAWMethod.com and enter the code PODCAST to join today. That's SAWMethod.com and enter the code PODCAST for 10% off and join today. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. It is such an honor and a joy to introduce you to a dear, dear friend of mine, someone who I've been deeply inspired by for a long time, Parashakti. Parashakti is the founder of Dance of Liberation. She's also the creator of the Winged Ones Jewelry, which are ceremonially blessed power objects. Her award-winning documentary, The Dance of Liberation, was produced by the Walper Organization and had its world premiere at the Sedona Film Festival. Okay. Oh, my goodness. It is such an honor and a joy to welcome you to the Spiritually Sassy Show. Thank you. I've been such a fan of your work for so many years. So thank you so much, Parashakti. Welcome to the Spiritually Sassy Show. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to be here and to share in our mutual passion for the cosmic dance floor of life. That's right. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, truly, for agreeing to be on the show. And thank you for all that you've done and all the inspiration that you have uh, offered, you know, freely to the world. So thank you for that. That's so wonderful. Thank you. So first question I ask every guest is, who are you right now? (sighs) I take a deep breath to tune in and close my eyes so that I can answer you from a place of the language of my soul rather than from my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I find that uh, when I close my eyes that I drop into a much deeper space of a remembrance. Mm -hmm. And when I remember, then I know to be true that who I am right now is who I was yesterday and who I was when I chose to come into this lifetime because it is my soul in this time that really seeks and is of great service to my own freedom of expression, to holding that space for others to truly unite with their soul calling. And so who I am right now is a humble um, servant of God's work Mm. and it's constant uh, inner work and outer work and work for the planet. And so with that, I feel, I hope I answered that question. You did. (laughs) So you answered as I am I'm, I'm the soul, Mm. you know, I'm the Mm. servant of God. Mm. I'm a soul warrior, right? Free of the, 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 the labels, free of the, the concepts really going into that real deep, deep gnosis of who am I? If I'm not my labels, you know, you're this beautiful, blissful soul, right? 
Yes, and it takes, you know, like a snake that sheds its skin, mm. right? Within the practices, we have to stay obviously consistent on a daily basis to find that answer that so well you asked. Mm, that's right. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's go right into it. How the fuck did you come around the dance floor and finding dance as church and mm. finding liberation on a dance floor. Like, how did that come about? Yes. You know? Because oftentimes I hear two things. Either you've had my journey of like, oh, I danced when I was drunk and high, living in New York City, and like going out to the clubs was like church for me, you know? So I was finding a glimpse of a of, of, of very misinterpreted liberation. I was very much misinterpreting my drunk and high uh, dances as me, you know, mingling with the cosmic mother. Yes. You know, or was it because you had this kind of, you know, you've kind of seen all kinds of spiritual practices and things were working and it was nice and good and meh. And then you found the ecstatic dance. You found the floor and it was just like, oh, I'm home, Mm. you know. And I know it's a kind of, a, I'm asking for kind of a black and white kind of like simplistic way to go into it, but take it, take it wherever you want. So, um, the passion goes back to starting my love affair with dance mm. at the age of four. Oh, that's right. Oh right? my God. So I already knew at age seven, um, even though I had a very strict ballet teacher in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. Clara Bond. I already knew that I was a soul dancer and that I wanted to be a dancer. Mm. And so I literally danced my way through high school um, because I was diagnosed with very severe learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so my only outlet of expression that I felt that I could... um, you know, reveal who I really am was through the dance floor. And so to know your mission at such a young age, I think is a gift and also pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Um, When other kids were going to different types of after-school programs, I was always going to dance. Mm -hmm. And and thank God for my wonderful, supportive mother. Um, She sent me to all the dance classes that I dreamt of going to. And um, it was only until after the army when I went Mm -hmm. and I pursued my career and had my second severe injury that actually I woke up. Mm. And I woke up to the truth of how I want to walk this life as a dancer. Okay. And it wasn't performance. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about being a professional dancer. It was more of performance. Oh my God. Yes. And so that's when the vision quest saw Mm -hmm. started. Wow. And it was a a powerful and painful vision quest. Mm -hmm. You said you went to the army? I sure did. I sure did. So I was born in Israel and uh, my mom's American, my father's Israeli, and I've been back and forth my whole life. That's right. Um, when I returned to Israel officially, I was 12 years old Okay. Um, after the back and forth dance with my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's mandatory for us. You know, we, we finish oh, yeah. um, high school and while you're going to college, um, we go to, if you do choose to go to college or are forced to go to college, we, we have to, it's mandatory to do, to do mm. the army. Okay. Yes. And I'll tell you that even in the army, I got to be a performer. Okay. I got to dance. Mm. I got to sing. Mm. Um, I was in the performance troupe. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh my God. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I really got to always come forth and express my soul. Mm -hmm. But you said it was your second dance accident Mm -hmm. that you woke up. Yes. Woke up to what? So, you know, I was pursuing this Um, incredible dedication that I had over all the years of training through dance Mm -hmm. and wanted to to be a a continuous performer. And so I actually came to the States to get my 
AA degree at Santa Monica College, and I was in the dance program, a dance major. Okay. And I was 23, and I had my second severe injury. My other injury was when I was 17 in Israel. Mm-hmm. And when I say I woke up, it was because the pain started guiding me to listen on a deeper level, where, where it was no mm. longer the need mm. for an audience. Mm. It was working with the physical pain and the emotional pain and the mental pain and the spiritual pain to really soulfully ask, what are my next steps in life? Literally, what are my next dance steps? And my body started also moving in ways that it wasn't me moving. And I was like, wow, like I don't need to learn someone else's choreography. That's right. I'm actually being embodied by some other energy that is coming from exploring my pain of asking, what are my next steps, creator? And I started developing through that a deeper listening to what translated into choreography that wasn't me dancing. Oh, my God. And that's when I started dancing with my eyes closed. Wow. Yes. Is that the birth of Dance of Liberation? Yes. Okay. Let's go into yes. it. Yes. Let's, let's go. go into it. Oh, my God. Wow. And what a beautiful transmission that was, right? Because I often speak that <clears throat> when we are in surrender with the music, mm-hmm. when we are experiencing yoga, you know, the true communion, the true, the, 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 the real, you know, true divine communion of, of surrendering to the music in the dance, you enter into this, like what I call the sacred trance and you are fully embraced by the mother or whatever divinity that you work with or whatever, whatever you call the, this universal force of, of healing and loving energy that's embracing. And it's in everything and everyone constantly. It's, it's, it's always there. It's the one. It's the one program that never gets deleted. It's the loving, healing energy of all of life, right? So, and when I enter that trance, it's literally if I document myself in that trance, I look back later on a video or on an Instagram post or a TikTok, and I'm like, "Who's dancing that dance, honey?" What is happening right now? Who's dancing that dance? And and it's amazing that it, it's it's we're able to move in ways that we have not actually in this lifetime as this experience of Sa and as this, this individuated experience of Parashakti have actually gone to a class to learn. Exactly. You know, it's that the cosmic, the sacred trance opens us up to the cosmic wisdom. So we're dancing a dance from people who live in the other side of the ocean, people who've lived here thousands of years ago. You know, it's really interesting yes. when you think about it like that, that the sacred trance puts you in this in this omniscient place of past, present, and future simultaneously happening at once. You yes. know, it's, it's really interesting. So thank you for bringing, thank you for bringing words to that, honey. <laughs> and that's what mm. will lead me into the importance uh, in that exploration of those trance states mm-hmm. intention. Oh, yes, that's Because right. we don't want to, like what drugs and alcohol does yeah. is it takes us there, but it gets us lost. That's right. And so then we have to retrieve our lost parts of soul. Oh. You know, some of us go to treatment, some of us mm-hmm. do it by ourselves. So in this way, Dance of Liberation started developing itself because I was exploring these mm-hmm. altered states of mm-hmm. consciousness utilizing my pain that would take me there Mm -hmm. uh, when I was healing. Mm -hmm. And then in that space, I was hearing a higher voice, which today I know is my higher self, Mm -hmm. God source. And that was what became an intention. And the intention was at first, you know, show me my path and then show me how to be in greater service. Mm -hmm. And when I was listening to the voice of how to be in greater service, that's when everything started to get downloaded to me so i couldn't read it in a book how can because I of be the learning disability service? okay yes right so it was a gift on one hand i suffered a lot in, through school 
mm-hmm. because of these learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. They didn't really know how to work with me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it's it, it continues to unravel and deprogram all that I went through then, because um, mm-hmm. it is. It's a constant like you know label that was given to me. Um, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Exactly. Fuck that shit. I've exactly. got so many labels through my years, honey. Fuck that shit. Thank you. Yes, mm-hmm. cancel clear, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yes. Yeah, so, Dance of Liberation is built on seven foundations. Mm-hmm. The first foundation is creating sacred space. And so everywhere I go in the world, in order to tune in, I need to step out of the mundane and into the sacred. Mm. So that's the very first foundation that we work mm-hmm. with. And then the second foundation is creating an intention. Okay. So when we weave into the intention, we then, when we go into these altered states of consciousness, we don't get lost. And we have a navigation tool that allows us to, you know, be able to be guided. And then it's spirit guiding the way. So it's Mm -hmm. not coming from, okay, the mind Mm -hmm. and the intention. It's coming from getting into that trance state, having an intention of great healing for yourself Mm -hmm. and the planet, and then something bigger comes onto the dance floor and choreographs Mm -hmm. a new way of expression. Mm. Oh my God. Oh my God. So just breathing into that for a moment because that is so deep like the altruistic intention right the motivation to move for my healing and for the healing of all people exactly you know moving as the capital s self in understanding that the capital s self is the other Right? And that constant dance like that. Okay. So that's that's the second, second pillar. Second, yes. Okay. So the third pillar is the blindfold. Yes. Now, the blindfold came to me because when I was in the laboratory of my own healing and my injury, I had to, as I shared, I had to close my eyes in order to enter into other realms, Mm -hmm. into being able to understand a new language, translating energy into words. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it with my Mm -hmm. eyes open. Mm -hmm. So I was exploring with my eyes closed and I was living in the ashram at Integral Yoga in 1999. And I prayed, I said, I'm feeling a little scared and lost because I feel like the veils are very thin. Mm-hmm. I'm waking up every day at you know 5.30 a.m. to with the sangha to meditate, and I'm tuning into much more than just the yogic philosophy of integral yoga. There's something else that's happening. Please, universe, bring me a teacher in, the, in the physical plane. What was happening? Well, I was feeling energies you know, while sitting in a comfortable cross-legged position and Mm -hmm. oming. And I felt very much out of my body and it wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting um, an understanding of what I needed, basically. So I called it in. Mm -hmm. I called in, I said, I I need a a physical teacher. And that's when I met the very first shaman that I apprenticed, Wilbert Alex. And Wilbert Alex introduced me specifically to the blindfold. So everything was coming together. Mm -hmm. The foundations were creating themselves as I was creating Mm -hmm. my own healing Mm -hmm. journey and my own steps Mm -hmm. of understanding, you Mm -hmm. know, what is going Mm -hmm. on. Oh my God. I love this. We do have some, we do have to talk about mystical experiences though. So I'm not going to let you forget because I'm, I have my notes with me, but I love that you already started to sort of orient the conversation there. Thank you. Yeah. Of course. Of course. What's the next step? Breath. 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 Okay. Yes. So as we go into the darkness, there is a deeper breath that allows for the movement for the body to become an empty hollow bone so that spirit can come through Mm. and breathe through the dancer Mm -hmm. a new way of being in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Can we actually go back to the blindfold? I feel like I didn't get enough from it because it is such a far out experience that you actually have your students all over the world getting into this room where music, sacred music is on and your presentation, you look like a divinity. You present yourself, you, you adorn your, 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 your vessel as an altar 
And that's really beautiful. Every single time I've, I've got to experience time with you in person, it's always this incredible. And it's not a production that feels kind of like, uh, come on, girl. It's a production that's like, yes, thank you. Thank you for showing me what's possible, you know, because everything there is, again, intention about the placement, about the choice. Um, so tell me about the blindfold a little bit more and, and, and sorry to go back, but I was just realized like, no, honey, we didn't go into enough of the blindfold. Bl like what? So I uh, have been in the laboratory uh, on the dance floor, off the dance floor with you know, the blindfold with eyes open, eyes just closed. And I, you know, really believe that we do as human beings need tools. We need external tools because um, we can open our eyes even if the eyes are closed. And so what I found with the blindfold was it took people into a deeper level of exploration and discovery and surrender. Wow. And that's what we need on the dance floor. And, you know, the blindfold also, it brings up all our fears. Uh -huh. And so we're dancing with those fears as you guide us so well. I'm uh -huh. so honored to take part in your work. Um, it's an invitation to allow yourself to dance with the darkness, with the deepest fears that you have, in order then to transmute them know that they are your biggest teachers and then you can dance the dance of liberation. Mm -hmm. You have to go and you have to go through the darkness mm -hmm. in order to then retrieve the light mm -hmm. and then truly open your eyes, take the blindfold off and you literally see with different vision. That's right. A hundred percent. And also like dancing with your eyes closed with the blindfold, what you're actually doing as well is you're learning how to see in the dark. And I just wrote about this recently about the fact that um, I am, um, I'm enthusiastic about life. I am um, um, excited about life. And, and I am um, just happy about having another day. And, and that smile that I offer myself every day and the, the, the community at large every day, it's not a form of neglect. It's not a form of avoidance, of bypassing. And shit, I might actually go into a little bit of a teary moment. Um, it's something that I've earned and I've deeply practiced because when you spent so many years in the underworld, in the shadow parts of your psyche, you either learn how to see in the dark or you take your own life. And that was my choice. I could either take my own life, which multiple times it, it, with the contemplation, the, the reflecting on that was, was very vivid. It was very, it was the most real thing for me in that moment. But through those, through that darkness, I actually learned how to have perfect 2020 vision when it's pitch black, metaphorically speaking. You know, and that wasn't a gift that was just granted to me. Like, oh, good job, sir. Here we go. You, you. Uh, let me give you nighttime vision. No, honey, it was earned. It was by by crawling my way out of out of hell multiple times that I was able to actually acquire the supernatural capacity to be able to look into the shadowy aspects of our of my mind and. You know, the people that I work with, uh, with 2020 natural, uh, 2020 vision that I could see in the dark. And when I think about you and the blindfold, you're actually training people in that skill. Right? Am I right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. So my... my that is so big. <laughs> Jesus you. Christ, honey. Oh, my God. I just like, it just landed for me, what you're doing. It just landed for me so deep. Wow. Yeah, th thank you for, for seeing, you know. Um, my, my mission is to hold a, a space in a container where each dancer can become their own medicine doctor. Mm. And when we close our eyes, our body starts to move in ways that it is channeling energy. 
And so when you're working with intention, especially something that you want to heal, your movement will not move the same if your eyes are open. That's right. And so the fourth foundation, as I said, is the breath. And then the fifth foundation is the music. Mm-hmm. And the music, too, is it's really the medicine that allows for the guidance once you enter into that altered state. And knowing that you are connecting with the rhythms of life mm-hmm. and the rhythm of this potent music that has been, you know, DJed specifically knowing as God is the DJ, um, that this track now is going to take you into a place where you can do the work. Mm. And that's why I also don't like to use words mm-hmm. because words dictate a story and mm-hmm. we want to let go of the story. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. <sighs> okay. What are the last two steps? So then the sixth foundation is the dance. That's right. It's the dance. It's the absolute surrender. That's when you allow spirit to completely take over and you just bask in the ecstasy of it all. Mm. And you could be dancing in Savasana on your back because guess who's dancing? Mm -hmm. It's your spirit. Mm. It's your spirit. So sometimes people have had already such a cathartic experience that they just lay there and their spirit is dancing with all the other spirits in the room. (laughs) That's right. And it's fascinating to watch. Mm -hmm. And when we watch, we are um, there, the space holders, the gatekeepers, not watching saw dance, holding the space for the energy of saw and the spirit of saw to dance its dance. Mm -hmm. Because how does it work when there's all these people there blind you know folded like how how does the, how do you keep it like sort of you know safe yeah so that's what we have trained gatekeepers that's right and the gatekeepers really hold the container mm-hmm. and i really prefer that a dancer bump into a gatekeeper rather than a dancer bump into another dancer that's right and i will say and i always say this at the opening ceremony that if a dancer is bumped into that um, this is a perfect opportunity, invitation, to not be like, oh, the gatekeepers or Parashakti wasn't there to, you know, guard me, but rather to think, what am I stuck? What, what, what stuckness is in me that suddenly someone just bumped into me? Mm. And when you ask yourself that, you can shift from the thought pattern of, you know, an old wound of not being cared for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to more like, okay, there's a more, there's a deeper level of exploration and therefore I'm going to get kicked in the wow. butt in wow. order to go there. Wow. Yeah. So it's actually looking at the experience in the floor as an actual literal slash symbolic metaphor for what's stuck in our own psyche, in our own mind. Yes. Oh my God. And if I can give an example from today, so here's a perfect example from Mm. translating what we just spoke about Mm. into an everyday life situation. Mm. So you had your brilliant class today. Mm -hmm. The neighbors started knocking on the door along with the cops. That's right. Now that is a (laughs) kick in the butt to dream a bigger dream. That's right. Right. Oh my God. Um, no comment, because at first I was, like, really really annoyed at the fact that that was happening. Why we had, like, hundreds of people from all over the world, like, dancing their prayers into reality, unshackling themselves from their conditioning. And not only theirs, but every single in person in their ancestral lineage. You know, this is big ancestral transformation that we do on the dance floor. And... But it really was. I think when you gifted me the the eagle totem that I'm actually wearing right now. Yes, that's beautiful. Oh, my God. I'm looking at it right now, guys. Um, I will add the link to the show notes for you guys to, like, get your own. Um, But I think when you offered me the eagle at the end of the class in that beautiful shamanic ceremony, and then you told me what what this actually means dream a bigger dream and you didn't say bitch but i'm telling myself that dream a bigger dream bitch it's time for me to get a house that has an entire studio an entire dance studio that is soundproof girl everyone listening i've been i've, I've moved three times since i've been in los angeles 
you know, because of the neighbors. And I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying, girl, everybody knows I'm sober, you know, I ain't trying to do some drunken high party, some, you know, nothing against that, but like live your fantasy, it's not my world. The fantasy that I'm creating is lucid, is a fantasy with the cosmic mother. So I'm not trying to make a scandal for the sake of being scandalous. I'm trying to make a scandal for the sake of awakening the planet. Therefore, it, it's going to be loud and bold and, and sassy and explosive sometimes. So I don't even know where we're going with this, but I just felt like needing to say that because it is time for me to dream a bigger dream. It's like time to just get a space where I can host the Sa method, the spiritual workout, without having people feel like I am, um, without, you know, having people feel like whatever maybe they feeling, you know, they might be feeling. You know, Sa, we pray hard on the dance floor just like you said mm -hmm. and your subconscious self has been praying for a place that you can expand your wings mm -hmm. and so of course you called in the neighbors and you called in the cops yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you told me later and it landed so deep it's like oh that's exactly why that happened Welcome to your dreams coming true, sis. Exactly. That's exactly what this... This necklace, this eagle totem that's on my neck right now, this is actually like, welcome to your dreams coming true, sis. That's what this is. Right. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> so again... That is the practice of the blindfold. Mm -hmm. You don't have to put the blindfold on in order to embark on a journey of exploring deeper, darker spaces mm -hmm. in order to then to build and to create a new dream. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yes. And that's what will bring me to the seventh foundation, mm -hmm. which is integration. Mm. So again, going back to the dance of your life and honoring that the words we speak have energy and they are prayers in motion. That's right. Okay. So the seventh foundation is the integration where now you get to sit and really do inventory and understand this dance that you've had here where you were interrupted and what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. You can't just sit on the couch and be like, I do so much for the universe, universe do for me. No, you have to be clear. That's right. And that's what you did. Mm -hmm. You spoke it. So that's the seventh foundation is mm. everything that you experienced on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. You take it off the dance floor mm -hmm. and you start taking action. Mm. And that is the completion of Dance of Liberation. Oh, my God. Only to begin again. <laughs> oh, my God. And that doesn't give... I mean, you are so eloquent and so articulate and so divine in your vocabulary. But, y'all, that gives no justice to how this method and philosophy that you have, this, this movement language that you have created, uh, like, holy freaking God bless. Let's talk about the documentary series that they've done around you. Yeah, and your dance of liberation method for mind valley like you've done it all sis what's up honey well talk about uh, a bigger dream so many 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 moons ago I um, had yet another vision on the dance floor mm -hmm. and that was I wanted to document people's cathartic experiences on and off the dance floor and to be able to inspire people from all walks of life mm -hmm. to dance their dance and mm -hmm. to prove that you don't need to even love to dance. Mm -hmm. I like even those people who say, oh, no, no, I don't dance, right? Mm -hmm. I love working with those. Mm -hmm. um, so I started documenting. And the you know from the moment that I set that vision and I saw it on the dance floor, um, the production company showed up. And I was very graced and blessed from really the vision to then its full feature film to have a support system. That's and it right. became it became a real Cinderella story. And I'll tell you the Cinderella story in a nutshell, mm -hmm. where um, the first version of the film was really that. It was that vision. It was everyone else's story, except for a little bit of mine. And I had a lot of wonderful wisdom teachers. I had Dr. Joe Dispenza that I interviewed, Krishna Das, Jayutal, Shiva Ray, oh Alex Gray, oh my all of our wonderful luminary teachers out there. And what I did is I interviewed them about the seven foundations of Dance of Liberation. 
And then I would weave their exceptional wisdom and voices while people were dancing blindfolded. And so it was this really interactive experience of hearing these wisdom teachers speak about the science of movement as medicine to then really also listening to the vulnerability of the dancer. And that's what the montage of the film was. And I had my world premiere at the Albuquerque Film Festival. And then the Walpole organization at Warner Brothers saw it. And they said, this is like really cool. And yet, who are you? Like, we want to know your story to the depth, to the depth, to the depth. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up going into uh, production again. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, with documentary films, you can, you know, literally your whole life, you can make them. And we documented really uh, the story more of my life. And so it really does tell um, the story of a little girl who loses her father to religion and she goes back to Israel to reclaim her connection with her father that she hasn't seen for 33 years. And within that, uh, the dance of liberation is danced. And it's my personal story that is now out there in the world. And so it was on Gaia for two years and now you can see it for free on YouTube. Wow. Oh my God. So both of them are where? So now only the the second version is exists. Yes, yes, and we we just two years ago we uh, went back into the editing room and we okay. edited the end, and now it shows my wonderful dance at Rhythmia, and so wow. um, that's the end of the film showing that um, dance liberation and my uh, residency is at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. Oh my God, I'm so moved. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you for that. Okay. So, I mean, you just, there's so many things that I feel like I have to go into. Like, let's talk about your relationship to your dad. Like, what is, what is it that you said? Like I lost my dad to religion. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? So my parents divorced when I was one Mm -hmm. and uh, my father took a spiritual pilgrimage. And when I was three years old, he found God in the desert, literally Mm -hmm. um, in Israel. And he remarried and he um, remarried a a woman who was also very much um, entering into a very deep um, orthodox uh, partnership with God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and now I have seven brothers and sisters and um, they're all angels. And of course, I'm obviously the oldest because he had these wonderful children with a new a new wife and in that time um i you know i grew up just with my mom and i was a very rebellious teenager i did not want anything to do with my father my ultra orthodox father mm-hmm. and um you know years later when i embarked on making this film and was asked to go and rekindle this relationship, I got to know my father in a way that I realized that we're both walking the same walk. My commitment and dedication to prayer is of that same essence and devotion as my father. It's as orthodox as he is. It is. Mm -hmm. You know, so Mm -hmm. I also, you know, cover my hair. In in Mm -hmm. Orthodox Judaism, you cover your your hair. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a way of which I claimed my connection to God that has nothing to do with reading it out of a book. That's right. And I am a free bird, hence the medicine of the eagle. Mm -hmm. And so I need complete freedom in order to be able each and every day to connect in my own way and not Mm -hmm. by a book of rules. Mm -hmm. So it's been the story of my, my life ever since I, you know, um, entered into this world is I learn it in a different way. I translate everything in a different way. Me too, honey. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, 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 we get each other. <laughs> yeah, you're just giving a lot of language to a lot of my struggles, so thank you. Mm. Thank you for giving, thank you for naming it. Yeah. Yeah. So we've created in so many ways saw our own religion. Mm. And, um, and I think that our religion is um, really of essence of freeing people to find their own freedom. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, there, there's no book of rules for that. Mm-hmm. And really, our only invitation is for people to come to the dance floor and to seek to be who they are that's right oh my god thank you for saying this okay so let me ask you was there forgiveness in that journey with dad yes and what is the role of forgiveness in your life yes um so definitely the forgiveness was um being in the desert with him and cameras rolling and me setting up an altar which i prepared him that i was going to be doing and him basically saying to me 
while cameras are on, it's in the film, I can't do this, I can't partake with you. Because for him, what I was doing was idol worshiping. And so the dance of forgiveness started from that moment in time oh where I had to accept that my father cannot pray with me my way. And that his own um, way of thinking was that it is, you know, against Judaism to do what I had invited him to do, which was very simple, um, was to basically take a rock and, and bless the rock because the rock was going to be a foundation for us really settling into mm-hmm. each, each other, accepting each other. And for him, that was foreign. Mm-hmm. Now, I said to him, and this is again in the film, I said, you, you bless everything that you do. Like, it's, it's in the Bible. Like, you bless this, you bless that. Why can't you bless the rock? You know, um, so it was um, a moment in which I was mortified and wanted the cameras to shut off. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, saw that is the most um, potent part of the film. Oh my God! Is the audience watching him say, "I can't do this," mm. and also saying at the same time, "I love you. You are my daughter." And I accept you for who you are. So do do what you need to do in order to prepare for us to take a vision quest into the desert together. He basically said, you do you. <laughs> now, I didn't really hear that at the moment because oh, I was like, so it. like, Whoa! we don't hear that. We, we hear what you're doing is bad. You're wrong. You're so, yeah, we hear all the most fucked up things. Yes. Yeah, of course. It triggered major wounds in that moment. And then we hold on to our, to our eagle totem in our neck. You know, and we enter to the eagle yes. view, which is the wide view. Exactly. And I've said this a million times to so everyone listening. Uh, you know, one of my teachers, one of my spiritual masters constantly speaks to the, the whole purpose of the spiritual path is to release this limited partial view and to enter to the wide view. And, and the ego clearly, what was the words you said today? The dream a new dream. Dream, dream a new dream. Dream a bigger dream. A bigger dream. But what was the thing, the, the view about the view? A higher perspective. A higher perspective. The higher perspective is the whole game, the spiritual path. Exactly. So in that moment... In the moment of what landed for you perhaps a little later was that higher view. He said, do you, girl? Yeah. Oh, my God, do you. I celebrate <laughs> you, but do you, honey. May all fa- what he was really saying is may all fantasies be lived, you know? Yes. Well, I wish he, he would talk like you because it would be so much easier. <laughs> I know, but it's like, isn't the whole game for us on, on a spiritual path to be like spiritual translators? Yes. I often say this. It's like it's a, it's a game of translation. Mm-hmm. It's just a constantly, how are we translating this experience? How are we translating what this person is saying? Am I translating through my conditioning? Am I translating with, excuse me, through my trauma, through my pain? Am I translating this from who I used to be five years ago? Or am I understanding it through the sound of love? Am I hearing it through the sound of love? Am I seeing it through the eyes of love? And it takes a lot of fucking work. It takes a lot of effort to be effortless in this continuous translation. You know, can I hear God and you when you're screaming at me? You know, and that doesn't make you passive. If someone's harming you, you know, self-defense is divine, honey. You know, self-defense first and, and then get, get yourself to a safe place. But then just try to just open yourself up to the wide view, you yes, know. exactly. Wow, exactly. thank you. Yeah. Um, and in your own personal life, outside of dad, how has this, how has forgiveness played a role in your life? Wow, how has forgiveness played this in my life? You know, I... I feel that I, I've had to forgive myself um, for the dream that I thought was going to be the mission of which I was going to live my life, and then th- that dream not happening mm-hmm. um, was, in essence, the work that I had to do to forgive myself for not for thinking that. I've failed or that I'm not good enough. Um, so 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, self-forgiveness, yeah. big, big, yeah. big, big, yeah. Was there a specific ritual that you did with self-forgiveness? Um, it was, it was, oh, yeah, it was the always dance. the dance. That's right. It was always the dance. I, I have to say, like, even now when I'm working with this back injury, I come home to myself when I dance. When I danced this morning, the saw method, mm-hmm. um, I felt home. I felt like I was able with even the the pain body to forgive myself and to mm-hmm. forgive what I needed to forgive mm-hmm. because I was moving through it. Mm, so true. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder because, you know, every single guest that comes into the show, we always speak about forgiving such a huge part of, of our mission, you know, to bring about a world of, of restoration, not of punishment. Um, and forgiveness is, is, is the gateway to restoration. Forgiveness is the quickest way to God, right? The quickest way into your Buddha nature, into the heart. Um, so thank you for speaking because oftentimes we we just kind of like philosophize about forgiveness, but you are just very direct through dance. Bring the lack of forgiveness onto the dance floor, put the blindfold on and set the, 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 the stage for a healing place. I'm going through the steps in my mind, put the music on and, and, and just set the intention that tremendous healing takes place here today and may all the lack of forgiveness be unshackled from my body, from my mind. And may, may I see myself new, you know? Uh, so thank you for that. Yeah. And and I mm, just want to say that, that, um, I really felt that your guidance today was not saw. I really felt that you were speaking to the masses, to what, collectively we needed to hear in order to move through what we needed to move through Mm. and again god is the dj that's right and so i want to acknowledge and honor you for being that vessel Mm, thank you so yeah thank thank you so much for saying that yeah thank you and and oftentimes as soon as i like i sort of unplug people like oh my god i love that one thing i love that one thing i'm like I'm so glad you do because I don't remember shit, honey. <laughs> as soon as I unplug from the trance, you know, it's like, wow, you know, wow. And like, wow, it's really interesting. And this leads me to the, the next question. Let's talk about mystical experiences. Tell me about the most mystical experiences that you've ever had um, or one that comes to mind right now. Wow, there has been so many. Uh, okay. Um, no, okay, let me see which one I want to. You know, I'm going to share the, the mystical dance of bringing a vision into action again. Uh, of course, through the dance floor, through Dance of Liberation, which translates into the embodiment and the flow and the transmission of literally, mystically being taken over by the eagle. So it's one thing to be in the presence of my elders, which I've been dancing with for the last 20 years, the Mohawk, Cherokee, Lakota, and Shoshone Native elders, and to witness through their song and their prayer the energy of the eagle coming mm-hmm. forth, you know, and, and feeling like, wow, the, the empowerment, they just called it in. I'm supposed to dream a bigger dream. Let me dream it. And the energy starts to orchestrate. So, you know, that all in itself is super mystical. Mm-hmm. And yet when I was at Kripalu co-facilitating a retreat, um, I, we did a fire ceremony outdoors mm-hmm. and I called in the eagle with a prayer and the eagle physically showed up. Oh my God. And that was the first time that I actually was able to be a a vessel for the physical spirit animal in -hmm. its flesh, in its physicality. And it circled us. And when that happened, it was as if it dropped an energy and a... um, pill of initiation Mm -hmm. of faith and trust in the unseen Mm. because it became seen that's right faith and trust in the unseen because it became seen 
Yes. That is so prophetic. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh is it mystical, God. mystical enough for you? <laughs> yes, profoundly mystical. Thank you. And for context, for all of you who don't know Kripala, Kripala is like teaching at Kripala for the spiritual folks. It's like teaching at like an Ivy League school, like a Harvard. It's like a place where the OG spiritual teachers, like Parashakti, have been teaching. And so when I got the opportunity to teach, I was like, oh, my God, girl, you made it, you know? So... Yeah, and wow, you know, like, wow, just wow. Thank you for that. And I'll I'll just add one more thing to it. Please do. My mom was um, present at that weekend workshop. Okay. And my mom has always and will always call me by my birth name, which is Sigalit. Mm -hmm. And she was there as I was invoking the eagle. She was there to be present to the physical eagle showing up. And in closing ceremony of the weekend retreat, she called me by the name Parashakti. And it was because of her receiving a connection to faith and trust in the unseen and was then able to see me. Oh my God. So. Oh my God. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> you're, you're also next level. I can't even. Let's talk about the time that you worked at a rehab center. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Wow. Such a humbling experience. Um, so what moved me out to Los Angeles from New York was um, an invitation. Um, I was hired to be a spiritual director of Breathe Life Healing Center. Mm-hmm. It's an inpatient program, three months, 90 days. Mm-hmm. And it was my first time working with people in recovery. Mm-hmm. I had worked 14 years ago with the founder, uh, Brad Lamb. And he came to do a couple of sessions in New York with me. I do one-on-one soul healing work. And he had just gotten sober. And so he came to me. And, um, you know, I see everyone and everyone. It really, the work does, works, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what we're doing is we're connecting people back to God, to Mm -hmm. spirit. So lots of soul retrieval work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 14 years later, he, you know, calls me and says, hey, I opened up this treatment center. We need someone to, you know, get the clients to get spiritual. <laughs> um, and I was going back and forth LA, New York to, you know, working on my film because my production company is, is here at Warner brothers. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of a no brainer because mm-hmm. I was also at a place with my, my prayer in on my dance in my dance was creator. I want to be in higher and greater service. Ding, ding. <laughs> so I give thanks to him. I, I was the spiritual director there for two and a half years. And I say that um, they, they're, they're my kids. I call them my kids, all 25 of them, as they rotated every three months. And they truly were my, my teachers. They taught me how to be in service mm-hmm. in um, the great um, Mm -hmm. beautiful recovery world. Mm -hmm. Um, cause again, I mean, we're all addicted to, you know, to things and yet Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have to, um, I I didn't have struggle with drugs and alcohol. And so it was, it was new for me Mm -hmm. to work with that demographic in that way that was, Mm -hmm. you know, a closed treatment center. Mm -hmm. Um, and I learned so much and I continue to work in, uh, in treatment and, um, and it's my favorite clientele. Mm-hmm. It really is because truly it's um, the, the patients that come, they have um, a desire and a thirst for life in a way that someone who signs up for a workshop at Omega Kripalu, it's like they're thirsty and yet people in recovery that are put into treatment because a lot of it is intervention, it's like their last resort. That's right. So working with that powerful energy is like nothing I've ever worked with. Mm, oh my goodness wow <sighs> you also had a long history with raw vegan yes food <laughs> can you talk about that you know i laugh because i definitely was one of those that was traveling with her vitamix and all her superfoods and mm-hmm. my family in israel would say gosh you're such a missionary trying to like change our ways mm-hmm. um so <laughs> I, i'm really happy now that i'm i'm not fanatic anymore mm-hmm. um i certainly do go by a, a school of thought that really you know our body is our temple and so it's yes. very important what we put in so I do very much honor that. Um, but I'm not anymore a raw live vegan. Um, I use that um, dietary way of 
extreme lifestyle, especially when I am preparing for certain ceremonies. And, mm-hmm. um, and when I'm not, then I pretty much do eat everything. Um, although we did have breakfast together and you saw that I didn't order the pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, honey, you're not going to eat any of this? No. Uh, I had my salad. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, I know what's good for me. That's right. Yeah. But I, w- I had the honor of working for eight years with Dr. Gabriel Cousins and David Wolf. I lived at the Tree of Life in Patagonia, Arizona, and uh, really lived the lifestyle, especially also when I lived in the ashram. It was a, a vegetarian lifestyle. And I, I believe in that when, when we have to do certain practices. Mm, okay. Powerful. Oof, honey. Okay. Let me ask you about synchronicities. Mm-hmm. Are your life filled with synchronicities? All the time. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Um, I feel that it is uh, an attunement that is there always, and I just have to tune in. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, maybe I sound like a ro- broken record. When I step into some sort of movement, it can be just moving my finger right now. It's aligns me with the rhythm of my soul. Mm-hmm. So um, I do a lot of Uber and lifts because I don't drive in LA. And when I find myself going out of whack, I just move something, move my head, and synchronicity is dancing the dance. Mm. What are synchronicities for you? Mm. Synchronicities for me is when... The alignment is of great direction, of force that aligns everyone into meeting each other in the light of what they're calling in that is already there. Oh, damn, honey. (laughs) It truly does take a village, you know, to do. There's no such thing as self-made or... You know, we do feel like our experiences are very individuated and to a, to a degree of relative truth they are. Um, but on an absolute level, we know that we're deeply interconnected and deeply interdependent. And the highest truth is the interbeing, you know. Absolutely. I, I call it a dream council. Mm, so true. We need it. Oh, yeah. my God. So thank you. Um, okay. So. What do you think it means? I mean, what does it mean to you to be spiritually sassy? I'm involved mm. in the community helping me to define the term. So I'm curious. Oh, wow. <laughs> you feel it? <laughs> yes. You live it, um, Yes, it is. It is, it is a lifestyle. Um, spiritually sassy. It's, it's, it's the permission that one gives themselves to shine their light and, you know, really be wild, wise, and free. That, for me, is being spiritually sassy. Mm, I love that. Mm. Thank you so much, sis. What an honor and a joy. Thank you so much. And guys, I just want to give a shout out to my um, winged winged ones. And specifically, you have the visionary. I have the visionary, which is a lapis Mm -hmm. blue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I chose the the lapis blue um, as my color, as my stone, uh, because in, in Buddhism, we know that Medicine Buddha is lapis in color. And Medicine Buddha's mantra is, um, let me give it to you guys. And essentially all it means, right? I'm giving a very uh, simplistic transliteration of it. Essentially all it means is may all beings who are sick and ill of uh, maybe physically ill or mentally ill, uh, may they be free of all suffering. May they be free of all suffering. May they find ease and grace and divine healing right now, right now, right now in this very moment. And it's not only just us, but remember we're extending this to far and wide, all beings everywhere. So, guys, this jewelry 
the winged ones, it is truly so beautiful. Like, you are an impeccable, I mean, what haven't you done, honey? I don't know, but everything you touch is delicious. So, I want to invite you all to check out um, the Winged Ones. Is it .com? Yeah, so it's uh, winged slash ones .com. Okay, check it out. And, and let me just spell it. W-I-N-G-E-D dash O-N-E-S dot com. And once you reach the website, I have the visionary one. Mm -hmm. And it's an iconic piece. Okay. Uh, and plug in the code uh, SA DE SIMONE, all caps. S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E, uh, SA DE SIMONE, for 10% off. And we'll have the link in the show notes too for you to have access to it. Um, and... If you, when you get yours and you get to dance with Parashakti, tell her that you have one of her pieces because she's going to give you, honey, a shamanic blessing the way I had to, I got to receive today. I got to receive like that. Uh, one of my assistants got to receive a blessing like that too, Kimberly Burns. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for offering this oh, magic thank you. In, in such a beautiful truly beautiful way i thank mean you. hello yes so thank you for being on the show oh so so honored thank you so much lots of love to everyone love you love, so love, much love. Mwah. Bye. bye i'm sada simone and you've been listening to the spiritually sassy show if you haven't yet go to apple Podcasts and subscribe rate and reveal this podcast and join me next sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation Thank you so much for listening and I love you.